Welcome back to this Inside the Ropes House of Wrestling exclusive interview. And today we are joined by none other than WWE Hall of Famer and the author of the new book, The Woman Who Would Be King. It is Medusa. Medusa, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having the patience. And we finally are here together. Thank you. It's great. You sound great. You look great. For those that don't know, we were going to do... You, nobody knows. Nobody would know this. We were going to do this yesterday, but you had a tornado in your area and you lost electricity and we could like do it, it was out for hours. Like after I, like we, like we started talking again and then everything went out and then I couldn't get your email and then the texts and I'm like, Oh, he'll figure it out. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I just got to watch what's going on. It was really bad. Florida's crazy. And now it's storming again. So we'll do the best we can. <laughs> no, we're fine. We're going to ride this train till the wheels come off here today, everybody. Okay. And I'm glad you're, first of all, Glad you're okay. I hit up our, our mutual good friend Marsh. I said yes. I hope I, I said I hope she's all right and not flying through the air in the tornado. And she said, and he said, no, she's fine. Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> Meet Dorothy Oz. and Toto, which would be Daisy, my dog. So Aww. everything's finally in Technicolor, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and so now we're finally connecting. And as we're connecting here, talking about the day. I told you I had a busy day. You're like, why'd you have a busy day? It's like, well, earlier today, there was a WWE NXT media call. Talked to Shawn Michaels, right? Oh, lucky you, Shawn. Shawn? The heartbreak kid. Was he like your, like, bro, what do they call it? Bromance? Was he was like my guy crush as a child? Yeah. I don't know that I had like a man crush on Shawn, but I'm from Texas, right? So first of all, like the fact it was all San Antonio all the time, Jose Lothario, the whole nine yards, that was, I was in is a texan right i had i had that it is probably the most obnoxious piece of wwe merchandise ever made <laughs> it is the pleather zebra print Shawn michaels hat no that, mm -hmm. did you oh my I, god that is great though thank you that so, is I, so great did you have like an uh, like maybe when we did like the lovelorn thing in the magazine, Sean and I together, mm. um, did you have like like maybe a little blaze outfit with flames at all? No, okay, uh, no, just I, romance. I, I get it. Obviously, big Alundra Blaze fan. I remember. Mm. But here's the thing: is I'm 38. My You're old, a baby. But my childhood was defined by the Monday Night War era, and and a little bit before because I was watching Raw since day one. So I I I saw the whole thing, but my my like my brain is messed up forever because of that period <laughs> don't blame it on us it was all the booking <laughs> <laughs> put the heat on eric and vince i guess yeah, yeah. that's okay. all them all of them and they should take pride into that because during the monday night war and the wars of all of it i believe that it actually started and it really kicked ass over in wwe when I turned the, you know, dropped the title in the trash and then holy hell broke loose. Like there was venom. Like yeah. it was, it was on and then it just took off. I mean, it made ratings for everybody. It made everybody money. That's yeah. how you got to look at it. It made everybody money. Who cares who called who to come over to where and who dropped what in the trash? Look what happened. It hit the huge pinnacle of wrestling and it turned it into a wow. Yeah, and so a couple things here. First of all, while we're talking about that, you look at what's going on with WWE and AEW right mm -hmm. now. Does it feel like that period at all to you right now uh, between these companies or no? Well, no, 
I'm going to say in a different way. Okay. Because it's not so much of all those lascivious acts. Mm. So pronounced, you know, in everybody's face. I don't see people on all fours barking like a dog. I don't oh see women tearing their clothes off and they're in their bras and panties and they're in mud. Um, I don't see guys cracking their, you know, their ball sack and flipping off the middle finger and, you know, stuff like that. Like they, like that was the era, right? And WCW coming back with some nasty stuff. I mean, it's not like that. However, I truly believe that there needs to be some great storylines happening. I feel that AEW now just added another show, if I'm not mistaken. They did, didn't yes. They, didn't they? And I'm like, that is so much over there. Like, mm. what is that? What is all of that? There's so much over there. And I just feel like, um, I feel that, I mean, Tony Khan's got a, a million dollar platform there. You know what I mean? A billion dollar platform. But I feel like if he were to step out and let people do their job, and he let him focus on football and maybe some wrestling or and or step into wrestling or forget football. You know what I mean? And to yeah. get this going and piloted and I'm telling you, AEW could just start rocking it right there with WWE. If if I mean it just it's missing that momentum. You know what I'm saying? It's like disorganized. And I hate that because there's so much talent over there. I mean, there's just so much, so much great talent. From the women to the men, um, even the crossovers and him signing up everybody, that's great. I mean, that's what kind of I think that you're referring to because that's what WCW was doing is just signing everybody that was coming from WWF. And, and then the, and then Eric was just like, why do we need lots of storylines? We'll just have one big storyline. One big storyline that includes everybody and just F everyone else. Okay. No. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly what happened. I was promised lots of things and then just like, whatever, deuce. You're gonna go wrestle dudes. Was like, there ever, what? Was there ever was there ever talk of like a female NWO stable? Because they had the LWO. They had all these other variants of the NWO. No. Well, you know when the NWO came out a long time ago, and I do have a screenshot. And I kind of made this T-shirt, and it said NWO. And I said, you know what you need? And I drew a circle around it, and I put a, an X across it, and it was like the new woman's organization. Oh, but they never, of course, that came from a woman idea. I don't care. I wouldn't want the credit. I would just say go with it. But it never happened. And it's still to this day, I have a t shirt made new women's organization, NWO. I mean, they got everything else. Maybe that's what we need in the WWE. Maybe that's what our new stable is instead of, you know, an all women's dangerous alliance or the new um, four horsewomen. Maybe we need the new women's organization. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a proponent of it, you know, because Thank one, of the, you. one of the things that everybody has said here during the women's revolution is all the stuff that the women are being allowed to do that the men have done feels fresh, right? Like we've all seen a hundred Hell in a Cell matches, but we've never seen a women do a Hell in a Cell match. We've never seen women <laughs> do a chamber match. We've never seen women have a Royal Rumble. So all of this stuff that we're fine, like all this stuff we've kind of seen, but it feels new. Why don't the women have an NWO? I, I think that would kill. I think it'd be great. I know? think it would be great, too, to have a stable like that. And just, I mean, if they're running off that, and since they own it anyway, then why not have fun with it? I mean, it's just, and then it's another segment for the women because WWE is ready to jumpstart and kickstart some amazing stuff. They have so much on the plate that's going to boom um, as far as programs, a lot of TV, a lot of a lot of things happening here. There's going to be so much. They're going to, they need so much content that every little bit is going to help them fulfill that content and TV and everything else. 
um, you know, with all their shows going on from, you know, finding treasures and doing this and AE and biographies and that, I mean, it is kicking ass. I mean, that stuff is spectacular. I think it's great. And I think that when they have all of these shows and they have um, a lot of these legends actually, um, you know, forefront these shows and talk like a Mick Foley or Lita and stuff, and they're all in the forefront. I think it's great because it's still bringing back some of the era, you know, that people remember and they can talk about it and they can relate to, or maybe people will resonate with them. Um, and I like how they keep some of the legends busy. I really do. I think it's very important. Um, I think in today's world and society, we're seeing so much of, you know, people wanting to erase history and forget about the past, but that's what built us good or bad or indifferent. That's what we learn from to do or not to do ever again. But some of that, you still keep the ingredients of like a cake. You always have eggs. You always have flour. You always have water, whatever, right? And so there's always going to be a basic ingredient to be a success. Totally. Um, so, um, as we're as we're looking at this kind of women's division right now, and, and as it's taken off, you you were talking about uh, how back in the day there were women on all fours. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Back and, in the day, yeah, back, <laughs> back in the day, there were women on all fours rolling around in mud. We mm. learned from history. Was something you else just said here? That's why I kind of brain farted because I had so many little comments you just said <laughs> I wanted to kind of string together into one right. thought. Um, what's going on with Trish? Why? What do, is this genuine? Do, do you just you? you dislike her and what she did to the business like what is happening here with with you and her on social media first of all i think that every era in women's wrestling has its place i think every woman that has stepped into the ring has brought something to help us grow and evolve uh the women before my generation um the mulas the june buyers you know and i mean some great great women that don't even get recognized or mentioned um, and, you know, and then you kind of rolled into your Wendy Richters and Sherry Martells. And then there's a lot of valets and your Elizabeths and stuff, Miss Elizabeth. And then you roll into the Forgotten Era, which was mine. It was very small. He wanted to bring back women um, and build um, a very strong athletic type of women's division. And when he saw me and stuff, he says, you're exactly what we need. This is exactly what we want. This is where we're going. And when I came in, it was like, boom. And the guys were like, holy crap, because I just got back from Japan. I'm yeah. getting to your question here. It's no, all no. Coming, it's all going to come together. And so <laughs> um, if you read my book, you'll understand the re how I speak, because my book my book writes and you read it how I speak. So it's pretty interesting. Anyway, I'm all over the place. That's why. So when he hired me, he's like, this is exactly what we need, this athletic woman. And then when I got onto the scene, the guys were like, whoa. And so when a woman really comes on to um, and she's confident within herself and she's quiet, we're, we're viewed as very stuck up, I guess, I guess was the term used back then or. I was, um, I thought I was bigger than I was when I was actually scared inside. I, I stayed in my room after every match. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't talk to anyone. I was just like focused, super, super focused. And so everyone thought I was just very stuck up, but I was scared to death. But I was doing my job and I loved what I did. So, and, and I only had a few women. There wasn't that whim, much women during my era. So we went through the birth of phase and the Heidi Lee Morgans and, um, you know, the Lunas and so on and so forth, yeah. the Bolnikanos, of course, right? And God, thank God for all those women and so many more, Rock and Robins and you know what I mean? And so all of a sudden, it was just dropped. Our, our, our,
organization, our women's division was just dropped like out of nowhere. I was a company girl. I was Vince's girl. I was always on time, never took drugs, never did. You know what I mean? I was just like that girl. And then one day I'm getting ready to go to work and I get a knock on the door and it's a FedEx and there's a letter from JJ Dillon saying, we no longer need your services. I'm like, yeah. what the hell just happened? You know, here I am trying to be, you know, I'm the breadwinner trying to, you know, feed a family and it hits hard because you're a woman, you have nowhere else to go. And of course I get that infamous call from Eric Bischoff, which he says I called him, but he called me, but who gives a crap because he, that was the best movie ever made and it made his career in the Monday Night War. So I just say, take it, Eric, just claim it. It was the best, it, it was the best thing of your career. <laughs> That's what I always say, I give him shit. And so, um, so fast forward, it just, it stayed debunked, at, you know, for a very long time. He was, he was upset or however, but I, I also got a letter in the middle when I was told that, you know, I was the girl and I was the champion and you get let go. So I wasn't under contract anymore. And so when I got that call to come over and, you know, do that whole thing, you'll have to read my book, everybody. Sure. It's in the book. And so it was like, wow. And so when I went over to WCW, I was promised you know, hey, let's build this women's division. I'm like, okay, I heard this, but this sounds great. Really to start doing this. And then it just, it never happened again. Yeah, It just never happened. And I'm like, what is going on? What, what? I was so livid. And I just, you know, I feel that Eric got so caught up into the NWO and bringing the big guys and they're getting million dollar contracts or $800 or three or 500,000, whatever. I was making 75,000. You know, I mean, my God, I couldn't even pay. And remember, all of my stuff had to come out of that and pay taxes by the time, you know, you bring home 20000 like, So the moment each. you're on TV dropping the women's title in a trash can and you're signed to a $75,000 contract <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. moment, is that true? Wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure right, it was right around there. And then after that, I think, Damn. you know, I demanded more, you know, and then I had to fight for that. And I think by the time I left, I only, most I ever made in wrestling was 150000 that's it. Was that WCW? Yeah. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Good. Absolutely. You know, I I didn't make a hundred thousand in WWF. Hell no. 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 But I mean, I I loved my I loved everything about the WWF because I was just you know, I just wanted to change everything about the women's wrestling and change the trajectory. And again, my whole vision change the trajectory of women's wrestling in WCW. And then. You know, I was just so burnt. I was becoming jaded and I was just angry at the bookers and the writers and just, Ur. and thank God for Paul Heyman, because when I first was there, oh, yeah. yeah, he really engaged and he saw something. And so for him to really let me have a voice and to come forth and um, be a part of something and give me that opportunity to, to speak and do promos and have that whole angle with Missy Hyatt. By the way, I thought was the most gorgeous woman in the freaking planet back then. And just, and she's, so, by the way, she's so knowledgeable. She's so, so knowledgeable um, with uh, wrestling history. If you were to ever interview her, she could tell you from A to Z, and it's incredible. She could tell you about every match from Southern style wrestling to you name it. But anyway, so I had, thank God for that great run, and thank God for the great run with Paul Heyman. And I just, I would never, I wouldn't have, been able to grow if it wasn't for Paul just fighting for, for me, fighting for me and for Dusty as well. It was Dusty and Crockett that really took me in and said, hey, okay, let's go with her. And Paul pitched it. It's incredible. Yeah. So that's in my book too. 
And so it's something, something, however it went like that, but it was so, so good. So fast forward. And I said, I'm out of here. I just don't like the way, you know, women are being treated. I fought too hard. I'm a, I'm a wrestler, damn it. And I wanted to, you know, I just wanted so much for the women and I fought tooth and nails and I, I really, really spoke up. Every time I spoke up, I got pushed down. I got, I was silenced. I was, you know what I mean? It was like banging well, your head against a brick wall all the time. And people say, well, that was the times. That was the sign of the times. Oh, BS. Because then, you know, I saw things changing in women, you know, as far as I felt like I had to do it too and enhance my boobs bigger, enhance my boobs bigger and start getting the fake hair and doing all this crap. I'm like, you know, I'm getting way caught up. This isn't me. I need to get the hell out. Uh, out of either, you know, goodbye. I've either yeah. seen well, 2001, I retired and, and I'm freaking out of here. I, I hate I, I hate to cut you off, but I just kind of on that because obviously we're all finding we all found out a lot about Vince McMahon's behavior with women here in the past year or so, right? I'm now, getting to Trish, so well, yeah. Well, we'll get to Trish in a second. We'll get to Trish in a second, but I always kind of take a moment here, pause while we're talking about that period. So you you say you're like a Vince's girl, but obviously there's, it, what we know now, there was bad behavior, it seems, on Vince's part around this time. What was the vibe, like, you, what was the vibe you got of his attitude towards women as, like, not just as wrestlers, but also as, like, kind of people? What, what, what was the kind of culture they're like for you? Well, he was never, like, I like, okay, he never... Did anything no lascivious gestures to me let's say nothing okay. he was never that way with me he was very business very cut dry maybe i just had that aura like you know you you, you f with me i'm gonna punch yeah. you the balls or something you know sure but i just yeah i've always i carried myself well and i just never i didn't put up with crap i mean i mean yeah i dated some guys in the business or whatever but when you're in the business for you know 20 something years you're gonna end up dating somebody right sure so it but Vince was, yeah, I, he was good to me. And in the allegations that he's going through or whatever has happened, I didn't see any of that during the women when I was wrestling. All okay. I know is that there were bad things as far as principles. And I, I'm sorry, but my integrity was more important than anything in life. You cannot buy my integrity. And I would never, ever sell my soul. And yeah. that's why I made a lot of tough decisions. Yeah. I made a lot of tough decisions and I put, I put my, my mind and my, my, you know, just everything that is important to me first. And let me tell you, maybe it was those decisions because I wouldn't, you know, do a casting couch position and, you know, whatever, or I wouldn't succumb to certain things or favors and, you know, be Maybe that's why I never got a big contract Were because I know there was, I know there was girls that came in that had a lot less you know, experience and I did in the ring and got a hell of a ever, lot more than I did. Did you ever, and you don't need to get into specifics, but did you ever get pushed into those uncomfortable situations where it was kind of, if you do this, baby, we'll book you kind of situation, which is read my book. Oh boy. Oh God. Yeah. Sorry. I just, yeah. I mean, it's in my book. And, yeah. and of course there's a lot of things that I will definitely take to my grave. Um, only because there are some people that are innocent within this that have families that the, that were babies at the time that have families that if I were to speak something now just because of a situation that wasn't upon me, but that that I saw going on between other people, which I have voiced like, hey, this shit's wrong. 
and nothing did get done because everyone just went, you know, they didn't pay no, they didn't, they don't, they didn't do anything back then. You could voice your opinion, but believe me, every time I did say something, I got pinged. It's like I got pinged, you know, and I just, I never got pushed. And there's reasons for that because I spoke up and I didn't speak up enough. That's how I feel sometimes, you know, maybe I should have shouted to the clouds, but, um, I mean, yeah, I just wish some things. You did what you could. I, I, it I did. Sense. I, it I did. I remember one day yeah. we were um, getting ready to go to the bus and I, I walked out of my hotel room and here's a bunch of naked women that are nude just with cowboy boots on upside down with their head shaved, eyebrows shaved because they were all drugged the night before. And who knows what happened? I got was so scared. I was so upset. And I just remember going to the hotel and I'm like, you got some chicks in the in the freaking you know, in the hallway and this is ridiculous and this needs to be cleaned up or whatever. And I remember getting on the bus and I was fuming. I just looked around on the bus and you just, oh, you just, you didn't say anything. You know, I didn't see who did it, though. There's times I walked down a hallway in the middle of the night and you just saw a lot of training going on. <laughs> it's sick. Wow. Sick, sick, sick. sick. Yeah, it was. So let, let, so, and, and there's people that we all know that people think that these guys are heroes, right? But I refuse to mention this because that was then, this is now. And this is the problem that when we come back, somebody mentioned something from 30 years ago, right? Let's say somebody did something and it was, it was 30 years ago. Like the Rita Chatterton situation with Vince. We use that as an example. 30 years ago. It should have been mentioned then by somebody. If they saw it or do whatever, I said what I could and what I saw, but you know, shame on them for not coming forth. Every, every single one of them knows who they are. Well, and I, you know, the women's revolution in the ring is, is part of obviously the progress being made, but the me too movement or the speaking out movement, I guess, in pro wrestling circles, you know, where women are finding their people are still scared shitless to talk Yeah, oh, for, well, for whatever they won't, they won't. It, it's it's wild because you're right, and even through the speaking out movement, we saw a couple wrestlers lose their spot in the locker room and get cycled out. Some of them got brought back, but none. Of It'll them never did. be the same. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, what you just described is ungodly, and I've it's been very around. ungodly. And there's worse situations than that that I've heard from other people, which you know I wasn't there that I heard, and I was just like, you know, it's just ridiculous, you know, and shame on them. But I get it. They didn't have the legs to stand on. And if they were to say something, they lose their job. They don't get paid. They don't get used. And you don't have a job. That's just a cast. Isn't it, that crazy? It, it, but it, well, it cast it, it just casts a very damning portrayal of management, right? I mean, it's not exactly the kind of culture that should be. Applauded. You could never get by with that crap today. No. But I will tell you, there's things that still happen. Still do. I'm sure. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, it's not like some. I don't know. That, I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know what goes on. I don't, you know, I hear scuttlebuttle here and there, but I just, I try to, Yeah. I'm like, you're going to have to, you're going to have, you need to speak up is what you need to do at this point. Don't, don't be like our past history because it's history is what you need to learn from, from not to do period. Agreed. All right. Now, Trish Stratus. Do you hate Trish Stratus? <laughs> oh God! Oh, I don't hate. I don't hate Trish. Good so Lord! What is going, so, so I'm we're... getting to the point there. Okay, so right, okay. So so we're we're to the point where I you know wrestling and there. Thank God for Paul and moving on and forward. And then 
um, I just left wrestling and I just said, I'm out of here. Um, I had a friend tell me through the grapevine, Hey, you know, Deuce, you know, I just heard from a friend of mine who was working in WWF at the time and said, Deuce, I heard that Vince might be buying WCW. I'm like, what? No, because I, I own the name Medusa. I've owned it for like, you know, 40 years. Sure. And I'm like, there's no way he's buying this and I'm still under contract and I, my name rolls over and oh, hell no. So I put in my notice way beforehand. And I just like, I'm out. My contract's done. I'm out. And so they, when I, when I gave them that, they sat my ass home for the last year, basically not really do anything. And I just yeah. collected money. Yeah, for sure. All right. And so how is pretty sad. And so anyway, so there's that. And so I got a call, you know, from a friend of mine, all of this is in the book. And he said, Deuce, what you doing? And I said, I'm getting the hell out of wrestling, man. This, this shit is just not the way the women are being treated, I, this is not what I signed up for. So I'm just going to retire, have a good life. Maybe go back into nursing or something, you know, whatever. I'm, I'll go back to mending bones instead of breaking them. So be great. Oh, so anyway, I was thinking about, you know, that or just chilling for a while or whatever. So I got a call to drive monster trucks. Love that. <laughs> like, what? Oh, my God. And so I did that for 20 years. It's so awesome. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's all in the book, guys. I so it was, it was like jumping back 20 years in wrestling and even worse pay. <laughs> Wait till you read about it. Is it crazy? But it was so competitive, and I'm so competitive, and I just, I love it. I loved it, love it, and love it to this day. Um, And so... When I got asked to go into the Hall of Fame in 2015, I was scared. I was sitting at a driver's meeting for monster trucks, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I looked, and it says, please call WWE. Please call the talent relations, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you know, crap. Damn, a fan got my number. Because <laughs> I, I haven't talked to him in 15, 20 years. You know, I'm like, what the hell? Sure. And, I'm, and then so I'm sitting there, my driver's meeting, getting ready for my race because we have these meetings because it talks about the dirt, the track, the truck and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And so <laughs> it happens again. Please call the office. Um, uh, Blah, blah, blah. This is Talent Relations, Corano, whatever. I'm like, oh, well, maybe that is. They would just throw that name around, right? Maybe, maybe. And I'm like, oh, bullshit, it's fans. And then I get it again. Hey, uh, Alundra, this is, you know, uh, Carano. Um, we really would love to talk to you about something. And I'm like, well, maybe it's about, you know, maybe they need my new address for tax reasons or something. I was just like, I sure. kept pushing it off. Like it ain't no big deal. Cause I'm telling you, I knew for a fact that they would never want anything to do with me, you know, <laughs> after that. And, um, and sure enough, I, I went into my dressing room and I'm getting ready. I'm putting on my fire suit and everything. And I, I call and I put it on, you know, speaker. I'm like, hey, Crowno, how are you? How is everything? I go, what do you guys need? You just need my address maybe? Or, And he's like, no. He goes, we would like to know what you're doing next year in March or whatever. And I'm wondering if you'd be available if you'd like to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. And I'm like, what? Are you, ca I go, the first thing I said is, does Vince know? <laughs> like, yeah, I am well, not kidding. I was just like, idea. does Vince know? Sure. Oh, he's, he started laughing. He goes, no, well, um, kind of like, it was his idea with Paul and Paul really had a good talk with them and, um, and everything's cool. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, we're past all of that. And I'm like, 
oh, okay. And so, yeah, so when I went back into the WWE, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. I was very, very scared because only from what I remembered, you know, when you remember the stuff from before, you're thinking maybe it's the same. And yeah. I was like, I didn't want to walk into that. Pretty bad. But I will tell you, if it wasn't for, the, you know, beautiful Natalia Neidhart, you know, and her just her there with me and her doing the intro speech to my speech and making it a success and it was everyone was so amazing they treated me so well and then they put me under a legends contract right at the beginning and i've been under one since you know yeah you were and, on raw triple x a couple months ago yes yes yeah, yeah. and they every so often intermittently they'll throw me on you know nxt or something i wish i would i mean i'd love to do more and so every once in a while now i can be a hell of a heel trust me and with the power of social media it is absolutely beautiful and um, but i do not do anything and don't put out all that stuff that i do unless i dm the person first and we i'm like hey so i saw what was going on with trish and everyone i started getting all these messages deuce did you see what trish put out there she's saying she's the one that revolutionized women's wrestling and she's the reason i'm like guys it's a effing work you know what i mean i said i think it's great she's trying to be a heel you know let her let her seed it let her sow it let her water it let her grow let's see how she does you know and so I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, I just, I hit her up on the DM and I'm like, hey girl, I'm going to put some stuff out. Do you mind? She goes, no, not at all. And I'm like, are you, are you sure? I said, if it gets too much, just let me know. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'll have, yeah. I, I said, have fun with it. She goes, awesome. She goes, good. Yeah, let's do this. Let's she goes, uh, what'd you say? Let's do this. I'll take a look. I'll look for it. That type of thing. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, great. And so that's how it transpired. And I just, you know, I just kept putting stuff out there and I make sure it's really good. So are you, so are you angling for one more match here? I mean, we well, let's Rumbles. say this. I we think that, you know, being 60 that I am, I think that, um, here's the problem for today. Our kids today are so mixed up that, um, in the point of support, right? So we have, I think pro wrestling has the best fans in the world. They support women's wrestling, especially in WWE, all of them. And they're all about the evolution and the women evolving and there's, they support women, right? So they're talking out of this side of the mouth and they're all for it. They believe women should have more. They should have their own show. They need women this and commentators and referees and wrestlers. And, but they need all of that, right? But there's also the women with the wisdom and knowledge that only comes with age that has most of that, that could probably maybe sit at the pre-show, you know, table and maybe talk to Kayla, build some things up, talk about the women or just show up and cut a few promos or maybe even take a bump for them once in a while or whatever. I would never suggest, Hey, I need to come back for a full run and steal the spotlight from somebody. Oh, hell no. But I, I probably could go for a retirement match. I mean, I feel like I still have it. But before I even thought of that, I definitely would want to get down in the ring with Natalia, Natalia's gym and oh, yeah. roll around for a couple of months first. But but that wasn't the cue. The cue is, is just to, you know, get things fired up. You know, you never know what might happen. Um, I thought it was the gr a great angle and it makes sense because I'm the Arab before her and she claims that she's the ruler of all. And I'm just like tapping on her going, excuse me. 
there is one woman that has trailblazed a few things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, um, I just, yeah, we'll see what happens. I did, I did feed it to WWE. They absolutely loved it. But, um, yeah, nothing yet. We'll see. Well, right now, Vince isn't the one creatively in charge. It looks like Paul Triple H Levesque is. Oh, he's great, too. I think, you know, I feel, though, too, um, that, you know, if they really, really didn't want me doing this, they probably would reach out and say, hey, you know, can you back off? Can you do that? And I also let Trish know. So, hey, if it's too much, just let me know. So and I text her again. I said, you're doing a great job. Good luck in Saudi, you know, all of this stuff. And so, yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, Well, I really appreciate the time here today, Medusa. You're welcome. Always... And look, it's not we we still have electric. I know <laughs> that the the roof is securely attached. It hasn't it collapsed. You're not in Oz. You're not spinning through the air with your little toe toe by your side. You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, so where can people go to find the book, support you, all that great stuff right now? Oh, thank you. So, uh, the woman who would be king. Awesome, awesome book. We've been number one a couple times on Amazon already. We're still trying. I mean, it's just freshly only two months, you know, new. And so The Woman Who Would Be King, it is available on Amazon, guys. And the foreword was written by Paul Heyman. Oh, dangerous alliance between you. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. And, of course, with the great writer, Greg Oliver, um, he, with my everything that I had and put together and already pre-written, it's basically I spoke to him for a year and a half during the pandemic. What else do you do during a pandemic besides have sex with your significant other yeah. or you write a book? And I wrote a book or actually both. So anyway, so and that's what we did. And Greg did really well by putting my words together. And I said, the, the thing that's most important to me, Greg, is it needs to sound like I'm actually talking to people when they're reading it and that they're there and they're living it. And it's just, and that's been the number one compliment. So my husband writes the afterword, which it had me in tears because, I mean, we've been married a long time. And I mean, there's a lot of things I've never shared with him. So when he read the book, when it was done, he just, he just almost like, I mean, See, like I gotta emotional. go. Kick some, I gotta go kick some people's asses right now. I had no idea. That no, my, he um... was. He's very. I mean, he's a command sergeant major in the army in thirty-one years, and he just yep. retired. You know, just retired. So, and he's very uniformed. You know, everything is, and he's so intelligent, and everything is just. He's a practical man. You know, so he's he's so good for me in so many ways, and so. After reading the book, there were some things that, I mean, it was like peeling back an onion. And I had to share a lot of this stuff again in my life that I never wanted. It's like, do I put this out there? Yes, I do. Because it's motivating. It's inspiring. It's, 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 it's a book that doesn't throw anybody under the bus. I changed a few names and I, just because. And and plus, I was threatened to be sued if I did mention some people's names. But anyway. That, that happened. Oh. Huh? That happens. That happens. Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm like, oh, you just don't want to be exposed. But you know who you are. <laughs> they got to live with that. They got to live do. with that. They do. They do. So anyway, I think it's funny. But anyway, um, I'm very grateful. And so to, to reach me on everything, just go to Medusa.com, M-A-D-U-S-A.com. And everything's on there. And it's Medusa on everything on all the other social medias. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.